ask, what is our aim? I can answer in one word, victory. Victory at all costs. Victory in spite of all terror. Victory however long and hard the road may be. For without victory there is no survival. Now, we are the masters of our faith. My name is Rick Napier, the CEO at Real People USA LLC, located in Sacramento County, California. And uh, Real People USA, we help uh, Republican candidates with campaign activities, coaching, and fundraising. And today, this is our, I believe, our third interview. And this is a live interview, so callers may call in. This interview today is with Carla Black. She's running for Congress in District 6, which is my district. And I am so excited to interview someone who I can vote for and I can support for the first time. So, Carla, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, Rick. Thanks for having me again on um, your podcast. And let me brag about you for a minute or two. Okay, so we met this past weekend in North Highlands. And, you know, number one, I, I, you know, when I saw you, I said, okay, you have a presence that's amazing. (laughs) Not only do you have this, this, this energy and knowledge about, you know, our country and and you have the love for our country, but you are like five, nine, five, 10. And, and you showed me that picture at uh, one of the Sacramento GOP events or some event you were at. And uh, gosh, you were, you know, actually taller than the other people. But the point I want to make is that at, at a person that's, uh, you know, like you said, that you're 37, you have a handle on the issues that I that I've seen people, you know, 10, 20 years or your senior can't even communicate properly. So I want to give you some kudos on being the most prepared, the most knowledgeable, the most informed candidate that I've met in a long time. Thanks, Rick. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, and one of the scary things is that actually um, the other candidates are not prepared. Uh, that's that's a scary thing because um, you know they one of them could potentially be in the top two. Um, but I plan on being in the top two, hoping to reach uh, voters. I don't want to. I'm not sugarcoating anything. Um, our country's at stake, and um, we need people who aren't going to walk a fine line just to get a vote. We need we need uh, leaders. We need leadership, uh, and we need fighters in there because uh, our country our country's at stake, especially um, with uh, what's going on and, and the topic that we're going to talk about with the World Health Organization and the U.S. This treaty um, that's that's going on May 22nd to May 28th right now. Um, so yeah, exactly. If I'm so we already have a- off the phone, how am I supposed to? Oh, okay. So we have a we have someone that just uh, came into the the live interview. So uh, please introduce yourself. Oh, I'm sorry. Hi, my name's Stacy. Okay, hi, Casey, and uh, you'll get a chance to uh, ask uh, Carla some questions, and we'll we'll have a little. Uh, oh, no. uh, I didn't realize I wasn't live and included in this. Sorry. Oh, that's okay. So if you so if you're uh, if you're going to be in listen mode only, just uh, go ahead and mute your phone. 
But if you want to uh, ask uh, Casey some, I mean, it's called Carla some questions, then I'll mute your phone and I'll see you. I'll see your phone sort of blinking on my end. But uh, okay. yes, so I think we may have a few more people call in. But uh, Carla, this World Health Organization uh, thing that's, that's uh, coming on the horizon on May 22nd, I would say the majority of people may have heard about it. I know they know who the World Health Organization is, but they may not know the push that the WHO is 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 preparing to, and, and the pain they're preparing to inflict upon uh, America, if not the world. So please explain this 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 treaty that they're trying to push on Americans. Right. So. In short, it's the Biden administration, I think back in January, if I'm not, I mean, I could be mistaken about the day, I, but, I, but I believe it was January of this year. They had submitted quietly some new articles uh, for a treaty, or sorry, some amendments, some new amendments for a treaty with the World Health Organization. Um, and then it wasn't until April 10th that it was made public. So they kept it secret, um, and then they gave three days, I believe, for public comment so people could call in and, you know, give their pub. And that was for three days. So that was April 10th through the 13th. But again, they didn't advertise this. It wasn't widely known. Um, Obviously, had it been widely known, I think it would have been widely rejected and, you know, published everywhere. Uh, so now we're finding out about it, and it's May. They're supposed to vote on these amendments May 22nd um, and May through May 28th. And what it essentially does is it gives over American sovereignty to a foreign organization, which is the World Health Organization. And I don't know, uh, everyone remembers that Trump pulled us out of the World Health Organization because if, because of the corruption associated to it. And America taxpayers were largely footing the bill uh, to the World Health Organization, and all the other countries weren't paying their fair share. Surprise, surprise. And that was why he pulled us out of the JCPOA and why he pulled us out of the Paris Climate Accord. Same reasons. Other countries are not doing their fair share, and they're ripping Americans off. Um, so the World Health Organization, uh, also they were found to have been chartering jets and living in uh, these luxurious um, hotels and just living the high life and not really using the funds to, you know, kind of assert health and, and, and help across the, the country what they're, you know, what they're supposed to be doing. So Trump pulled, about, pulled us out of it. Um, and so, of course, the, the Brandon administration, because we're not allowed to say the other B, B word on here. So the Brandon That's administration, right. they got us back into the World Health Organization. And it looks like now um, they're they're trying to give further control to the WHO so they would surrender American sovereignty. And so it says um, that they would be able to dictate during a pandemic any uh, health or quarantine measures, um, including forced vaccination. Um, so the the funny thing is, is that this is unconstitutional. That our own that our own federal government doesn't even have this authority. And for the federal government to give this authority, to think that they can give this authority over to a foreign installation, is is laughable. But it's, it's kind of not laughable because it, everybody's dead serious about this. And 
in my in my opinion, I, I'm thinking like, sure, sure, you know, this administration <laughs> can sign a treaty, but the treaty can't go against the Constitution and it can't go against the people, and that's exactly what this does. And so, I wonder, I really do wonder what's going to happen. So, what it has to have a two thirds majority to pass, and this the who. Um, in the World Health Organization and the and the people who vote on it, I'm sure it's going to pass. But I'm curious to to see, you know, come November because they're going to bring COVID back. We are largely going to reject the 2020 ideology that was associated to COVID and the lockdowns, and it, at least here in America, because we know we did the two weeks to slow the spread, and we found out that that's two years, and they're still trying to ride that wave. Uh, we know it happens every two years because there's elections every two years. Um, and so I'm really curious to see how the World Health Organization plans on enforcing Americans into quarantines like they do in China, um, like they do in other countries, how they plan on forcing us to get vaccinated. Because we're America for a reason. We don't abide by the same standards and rules that the other countries do because they're from totalitarian regimes mainly and we're not we're we're a government ran by the people um and the government's job is to protect our rights period it's not the government's job to dictate health or anything else to us um so i'm really curious how they plan on enforcing that when it does come to a head and if in fact uh the united nations will be involved because they have their little army uh and how american like i you know it's very scary to think that them bringing in foreign soldiers on our soil because I highly doubt our our own military and our own National Guard would would enforce something from a foreign organization. Um, and this is and again, the World Health Organization is is literally just a group of, of countries who want to come together on health and they, they gather statistics and they give out guidelines. And they make recommendations, but they're not—they're not a government. They're—they're they're, they're trying to be um, with this. Uh, so it's all very scary um, in terms of where they would like to go. But the ultimate goal is to, um, you know, be able to to tell Americans what to do in a pandemic situation. And if I can really fast, I was just. I get email notifications from America's frontline doctors, and they actually just sent out an email um, today. And it was uh, it's titled "Breaking Who Pandemic Treaty Thrown to the Wolves," and that's America's frontline doctors. Um, that's of course Simone Gold, and they sent that out in an email at 4:14 p.m. So they're talking about it. And in here that they list, um, there's a letter. So there's a letter that you can fill out and send in uh, to our legislators. It's like a template, um, you know, rejecting this and asking, you know, why isn't why hasn't any legislator really come out and rejected this and um, on all fronts? But they've lessened. I'm trying to find it. They've lessened the the guidelines in the amendments that they're proposing what constitutes as a pandemic and so um it says the who will have the power to decide what constitutes a pandemic and to decide quarantine measures on a global scale 
The WHO would control the development and safety of new treatments and would decide vaccine mandates for each country. The WHO has already stealthily changed the definition of a pandemic from a disease that causes a lot of death worldwide to a disease that occurs in many countries worldwide. So it doesn't even have to change the definition. So it doesn't even have to be a pandemic in, in a country in order for the WHO to be like, OK, it's time for everybody to get vaccinated and it's time for you to stop going to school and wear a mask and uh, it's time for these mandates and you shut down your business. All the unconstitutional stuff that they tried to do, our government and America tried to do, um, and and to think that we would let them get away with it. So it doesn't even have to be a pandemic. It can be an outbreak of, I don't know, you pick it, measles <laughs> or mumps, or or it, which is silly because if you look up measles and mumps, it's like there's not, it's not something that you die from. It's you got a fever, you get rash, you're sore. Like, you know what I mean? These are symptoms that if you just wait it out, you're fine. These aren't things that cause death. Similar to COVID. I mean, there was a 99% survival rate for COVID. And in large, there were other, there were states like Florida who didn't shut down at all, who never shut down at all and never shut down their schools or anything for the pandemic. And compared to California, who we locked down, we shut down, we kicked our kids out of school. We shut down businesses. We destroyed businesses, and we had higher COVID deaths than Florida, who didn't shut down at all. And then you can see this also, this type of trend in other countries who, who largely didn't shut down. Uh, and then look at the countries who had massive lockdowns and they had massive deaths. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Exactly. Well, I got several uh, things to say about that. First of all, that's why people need to elect you for Congress. And your website is Black for Congress 2022.com. That's Black for Congress 2022.com. And that's why we need people. We need informed uh, candidates uh, and, 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 and people who want to protect our Constitution and our uh, rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness in this country. Secondly, if you are a county supervisor, a city council member, a governor, a mayor of a city, you must, and you and and, and, and these people, these local people have the, the legal authority to push back on on things that are that come across uh, that the who is trying to trying to install because our government is a, is a, is was was carefully designed to give the local government officials the most. Uh, power and the most uh, ways to protect its residents. And then as you extend, you know, from state to state, it goes, you know, the federal government government is supposed to uh, uh, protect the citizens. So it's residents in the state, citizens in the country. So if, if so when this gets out, I'll tell you the first thing that people like me are, are going to do I'm going to go to my, lady, my, my, my city council person, my county supervisor, and my governor, and I'm going to say, do your job. Stop this from happening in California. That's, that's the first thing that I'm going to do. In fact, I think uh, you know, citizens around the country should take this directly to their local uh, county supervisors, city councils, and ask them, you know, put the question to them, what would you do? You know, what would you do if the WHO came out with something like this and tried to enforce it? And the third thing I want to mention is, uh, like you said, wear 
is the Congress on this? How come no one is talking about this? You know, our people are are the are our is the Republican part of our, our government of our Congress. Have they already sworn to sign off on this? Because if it does take a two thirds uh, majority for this to uh, at least look legal on paper, because it's never going to fly in, in in the United States, the people won't stand for it. Uh, who is going right. to sign off on this? You know, and so will we will we be able to identify the rhinos at this stage? And that's why everyone needs to, uh, you know, it's a call to action. Contact your local city councils, right. board of supervisors, governors, mayors, and ask them what would they what will they do if they, if they were told they had to do this? Because I can tell you right now, here in California. There are a lot of people that are not going to go for this and they're not going to go for it sitting down if it's presented to them. Right. Yeah. And the other thing, like I said, if you go to um, America Frontline Doctors, their website, I think it's AFLDS.org, America's Frontline Doctors.org. Um, they have a template that you can send to uh, a letter template that you can send to um, your local um, legislators um, and, you know, city council people. Uh, and you can just put your name on it and send it in and they make it pretty easy for access. Um, the other thing that I want to mention about the World Health Organization um, is that it's largely funded by the United States. Uh, again, that's why Trump pulled us out and they weren't doing anything. And then Bill Gates. So I think it's, um, I have the number right here. So in 2021, it looks like um, the United States contributed to the World Health Organization uh, $730 million in 2021. And then Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation donated $780 million in 2021. So $50 million more than we did. And so who do you think the World Health Organization works for? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it's it's not this malevolent, benevolent company or organization that's out to do good. And no, we all know about Bill Gates and we all know about uh, his past. Um, and there was also one other thing. So yeah, I was just—I'm trying to scan this and find the right, the right information um, to share. But the so the guy who who's the let me see the director of the who is Tedros. Yeah. Um, and so you you can look up this guy yourself. He has a, a not so good background, and he's a doctor, but he's a doctor in philosophy. Like he has his PhD in philosophy. It's not like a me- he's not a medical physician. Uh, he doesn't have his his doctorate in um, the field that you would think that uh, he would have, being the director general of the World Health Organization. Not only that, his past he has ties with. Um, I think like a terrorist organization back in his country. Um, he's largely funded, or sorry, he's largely favored by the Chinese Communist Party. He's always talking how great the Chinese Communist Party is. Um, and so he's definitely, uh, can you imagine our American sovereignty being given to this guy? Like, absolutely not. Like, I don't think so. We're not, we didn't even take it from our own federal government. What makes you think that you can, you know, 
shine our sovereignty over sovereignty over to a foreign organization that's corrupt on its face. Um, it's just wild. It's wild, and it it in my opinion, it it sounds like a form of treason only because of the the, con- the unconstitutionality of it. Um, this administration is completely out of its mind uh, thinking that this would be okay. But a lot of the things that this administration has done is completely, you know, been out of their minds with the Afghanistan withdrawal and with killing our energy independence um, and then begging, you know, our enemies like Iran and Venezuela for oil when two years ago we were the number one producer of crude oil in the entire world, number one exporter, lowest uh, unemployment rate for black and brown Americans, lowest unemployment rate, it just in general in decades, jobs, the economy was booming. We were winning, like we were winning. And then all of a sudden, you know, Brandon administration takes over and we got all these losses. Um, so this is by design. They're destroying our country by design. Um, and this, this World Health Organization, if they adopt it, it's supposed to take effect in 2024. Well, of course, 2024 is the presidential election. So there, there's no coincidences in this. Um, and if you guys don't know about the World Health Organization, I suggest you go check it out um, and research the people involved and research why Trump pulled us out because he gives uh, specific reasons why he pulled us out of the World Health Organization. But I'd also encourage, encourage everybody to check out um, the Davos forums uh, there's like Davos 2019, 2020, 2021, 2022. Um, and then there's World World Economics uh, Forum. And those are, you know, 19, 20, 21, 22. And they pretty much, they're globalists, they're elitists, and they talk about um, this kind of stuff and having a, some, a, it's a top-down control. So that's what the WHO wants. And that's what the Brennan administration is signing over to the WHO is a top-down uh, approach to health uh, and your sovereignty. Um, and, exactly. And, that's not and, I, stand. and I'll tell people this, um, Bill Gates, and the reason why I'm very familiar with Bill Gates, because I was working in corporate America about the time he lost his antitrust lawsuit with the Department of Justice. Bill Gates wanted to control and that's the key word that's the operative word he wanted to control the software hardware industry and what he did was he said no company could sell their product to the public unless they got they bought a license from microsoft and and i'm not sure what the if the if the license was was pricey but i do know bill gates he would not even, even if you wanted to pay for it in some in some cases, he would not sell it to you because he had another product that he was trying to launch. So in other words, you, you know, you spend 10 years putting together, you know, Microsoft and uh, and then and then other people are, are, are designing printers and other hardware items, you know, third party application software that have to interface with with Microsoft, you know, with Windows. At that time, it was like Windows three windows five i think it's now windows 11 now but he said he didn't he was not going to let anybody uh have a product to sell to the public unless they went through him and fortunately janet reno a democrat 
She was the head of the Department of Justice. She took she uh, heard the case and and motioned against Microsoft, meaning that Microsoft could not uh, hold its its uh, uh, proprietary rights to harm the public, to harm the economy. And then five years, six years after that, Carla, Bill Gates was in the vaccine business. So this guy has a history, <laughs> a history of wanting to control things. He wants to control things. And, and to the WHO, the WHO is a private organization. There are, they, they're, they're, not, they're not somebody that we voted for. They're not in our constitution. They are private individuals, probably connected, like you said, to the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party, the World uh, uh, Economic Forum, uh, the United Nations, Nations, which is not another uh, uh, something that we voted for in our constitution, nor do we have uh, any uh, ties to them, nor do they have any, any authority over us. So whoever's coming up with this idea, thinking that the American people are going to lay down for the World Health Organization, they are damn fools. It's not going to happen. And uh, I'm glad right. I heard you say 2024 because, yeah, that's that's enough time to, uh, to, to for people to to um, let their voices be heard. You know, it's a lot of time for people to let their voices be heard. And it's also a lot of time to put the heat on our on our um, federal officials and and hopefully, and I'll say this, when you make it to Congress, you'll be the negating vote for all this type of madness. And, and lots of people need to know about this because we're dealing with, um, mm-hmm. there was, a, there was a, a cartoon character back in my day. His name was Simon Sinister. And it was, a, <laughs> a, it was this mean, I think this guy was like either like some kind of Russian cartoon character. And he was trying to destroy the American counterpart on this cartoon show, Simon. Oh, Simon Bar Sinister. That was his name. And uh, so I'm going to find that that image and I'm going to use that image to depict Brandon in some of in my upcoming podcast episode. So. Um, so, again, you're running for Congress and for people listening to this episode, Congress deals with federal issues. They deal with the federal things that are going on in this in this country, like, you know, minimum wage increase, uh, you know, uh, go, going to war, uh, the, the things that are in our Constitution. But I want to also ask you, Carla, talk about what you have done locally, because I think someone running for Congress must have a resume of what they've done locally. Please talk about that for a few minutes and then we'll talk about local political stuff okay so on a local level well i've kind of always uh, been involved with um, the homeless um i would my grandfather he would always take us uh to homeless like encampments i guess and we would give him like socks and shirts and so my humanitarian uh ism definitely comes from my grandfather but i still actively do that um Obviously, it's not the safest because you are dealing with people with mental illnesses. Um, so I try not to, to go alone unless I've talked to um, some of them before. But um, I, yeah, and I, it's likely that I'll be starting a nonprofit here very soon with a friend. Uh, we're going to go in and um, try to make real changes in the homeless population in our local area. 
Also, mm-hmm. I'm on, uh, I'm a tax task um, member on Sacramento Tax Association. And so this is founded by uh, Bruce Lee and Jack Frost. Jack Frost is the husband of Sue Frost, and she's on the Board of Supervisors in Sacramento. Um, so check them out at Sacramento Tax Association, and they're pretty much like a watchdog um, for Sacramento taxes. You know, like if a, like the death tax or the, this water tax, um, uh, these taxes that seem to uh, slip by the legislator, uh, and it's an ever-increasing um, profit you know, for the legislator and less for us, the people. And so it's nice to have them. Um, and then I, I mean, I go to the local GOP organization um, and I, my favorite is, uh, well, you know, I won't, um, I won't say it for now, but there, you, the GOP organizations in, in Sacramento, at least, um, I wish that they would do more outreach for the younger generations and the the youth because I tend to be the youngest one there and that's a problem for me only because it scares me like where is the next generation who is going to you know lead the charge on uh you know bringing up the rear when when all everyone else you know is older or too old or passes away like where's the younger generation and so that's troubling but been active in those organizations um and yeah, I don't know if there was something specific. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, and I can I can speak to the reasons why uh, perhaps, uh, you, again, you are way ahead of the curve. Uh, you were kind of like, you are where you are in, in, in the same respect where I was in corporate America. I was a young guy and, you know, just got out of the military. So I was like charged up to do great things. And so I entered corporate America and just blazed a trail and people were asking, well, why, where did he get that from? And, and you're like that too. Uh, people are probably saying, where does, how, where, where did a 37 year old get this energy and this passion for her country? Cause that is rare, but I think I have an answer for that. And it, it may not be the best answer, but I believe when people vote, they believe that the people that they elect will have their best interests at heart. And so so when you go to the polls and you vote and you, you and some people may do it in a very cavalier m- manner, oh, I will vote or maybe I won't vote. I met a guy the other day that I've known for six years and I gave him your card and he says he's gonna register to vote. He did not, he hasn't even voted yet. Oh, wow. At the age of, er- in his early forties, he has never voted. But every time and I'll I see, be his first vote. Yes, that's yeah. that's an honor in itself. That's nice. Yes, and he said that he just never had the energy to vote when he was one of these guys that would always complain about stuff. And that takes us back to the mm-hmm. conversation we had before about the podcast that I'm going to do. <laughs> but I'm saying I, I was I was I was shocked, Carla. I said to myself. I said, or I said to him, I said, you mean to say you have never voted? He goes, no, I've never registered to vote, but he's going to do it now. And I'm going to make sure he does it because you can't complain about stuff and not vote. You know, you have to yeah. vote. All right. so, th- so that's the reason why yeah. some people don't do it. They, they don't do it, Carla, because 
they believe, I mean, that's the reason why they don't, they're not energized like you want them to be and like I would want them to be because I've been in this this process when I, I started following this political stuff when I was 29, just like you did. I mean, when you started when you did, I was 29, 30 when I started and that's been 30 years. So that's the reason most people think that I'm, I'm, I'm hiring these elected officials, these city council, these, these county board of supervisors, the governors, the senators, the House of Representative members to do the job that I paid them to do. And now we're finding out that a, a large percentage of these people at the local level, the state level and the federal level are reneging on their responsibilities. Right. Yeah. Um, like I mentioned before, with, with Biden and him canceling student debt um, or how he said that he wasn't against um, energy independence for America, how he wasn't against fracking and, you know, on the national stage. And lo and behold, obviously, those things aren't true. He's um, but this isn't nothing new. This is nothing Nothing new with politicians. Uh, politicians are liars, and that's why it's important that um, everybody gets get in the game and everybody has to participate in our country. If you love our country, and if you don't like the way it's going, nobody is coming to save us. We have to save ourselves. Um, I'm not a politician. I didn't want to run for office. Um, I shouldn't have to run for office because of these people not doing their jobs. But I'm not going to let my country go by the wayside because I don't want to get involved or because I don't know what to do. Like, I didn't know how to navigate this, but I did it. And I think I was mentioning to you when we were talking in person that the only reason why I'm running for Congress is because I'm scared. And I was mm -hmm. backed into a corner, uh, seeing what this government is doing, seeing where the government's going, watching these World Economic Forums, these global <clears throat> elitists hold these meetings every year talking about what they're going to do to the world and what they need from america they need american wealth to substantially decline in order for in order for their global agenda to work they cannot have american wealth individual wealth it won't work um and we're we're too we're too patriotic we're too american uh, and so they have to destabilize us and so you do that with food uh, you know poisoning the food poisoning the water um, vaccines, the air, you do it through all kinds of things too. And I think even Bill Gates, um, there's a video actually, it might've been in the eighties, but he was, I think it was the CIA where he w was introducing to the CIA. Uh, I guess it was over like the, the Islam, the Muslim extremist over in the middle East that a vaccination would, you know, render an extremist docile. And so through, through like a vaccine, you could render someone, uh, like it would, it would have to do with like the, the chemical, um, it would be the chemical, uh, imbalance or balance, I guess, within the brain that would do it. But you would get that to them via the vaccine. Um, but it would make them, you know, more of like docile and, kind of go with the flow or, or they wouldn't challenge any narrative and so he was trying to sell a vaccine to the cia i think back in the 90s that would make um make islam well the theory that he was selling or marketing using it hmm. was marketing it to uh extremists in the middle east 
Um, and, but then we see him on the world stage talking about uh, depopulation through vaccination. Um, and the other thing, yeah. So back to, you know, politicians uh, can't be, you know, they do tell lies. And that's why it's important for all of us to get involved, for all of us to run for office, because it's going to be us that changes this narrative. Um, and then I would also encourage people to take a look at what politicians are saying and what they're not saying and make your choice based off of that. Because if you look at... If you look at some of the candidates, like in my in my race in District Six, they have their they say like very basic things. There's nothing about any one of them that stands out. They kind of all are saying the same thing. Um, and but if you go to my page, you can see that I'm saying things that the others won't say. Um, and quite frankly, the others don't have the the knowledge um, to say what I can say because they wouldn't know how to back it up. And I. Um, we we were at a endorsement, and all five of five candidates were there, and I was flabbergasted at the lack of knowledge that some of these candidates who are, who are endorsed by the state party, the lack of knowledge they had about our government is, is scary. Um, so it's important to vote in the right leadership, the right person. Uh, we have enough rhinos. The rhinos are killing the party. That's why I think there's. There's a lot of independents. I run into a lot of independents um, in here, here in Sacramento, which is nice. But um, so, yeah, just making sure we are doing our own research. We can no longer rely and trust politicians. We can no longer rely on candidates who are endorsed by organizations who themselves are, you know, corrupt. I love it. I love it. So in closing, t- so talk about your, your campaign and talk about your your signs your your marketing signs and because now i am seeing your signs everywhere i go i mean i when i first saw your sign two weeks two weeks ago i was heading westbound on antelope heading toward uh sacramento north highlands and then to antelope and i saw your signs i think i saw like eight to ten of your signs on the way to the um to winco out there in alberta and um and uh Warlurga. so tell us talk about your campaign Yeah, so right now we have um, about 20 volunteers, and I'm looking to double that number. Obviously, it's 19 days until the election. Um, I was on the conservative talk radio, The Answer, with Ed Crane. Um, And then I am actually going to be on a black-owned radio station, 97.5 Sacramento. So I'll be on there Monday at 10.30 a.m. talking to um, Baxter Canterbury. And then um, I just spoke with uh, iHeartMedia. Um, so we're working on something to get my message out. Um, and, and a lot of these people are contacting me because of my sign. And so out of all the candidates, my sign is the only one with uh, the American flag colors, you know, our USA colors, red, white, and blue. Um, I don't see any other candidate, you know, repping America. <laughs> So my sign also has my photograph on it, and none of the other candidates have their photograph on it. So I think that's, that's um, the signs were, I think, put together well, and I think um, the way we marketed it, it, it has worked out well because I'm getting contacted a lot, and it's just from people seeing my sign. If you mm-hmm. go down Sunrise Boulevard from Madison to Highway 80, I think I have about 50 signs there in the center divide and on down, and so... 
Um, just, just really trying to get my message out there. Out there. Um, obviously, I'm on you know Getter, um, the social media platforms. I'm on Truth, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, um, and then I, uh, I do. I'm talking with you uh, on your podcast, um, and so doing, doing my best because again, I don't have the funding that some of these candidates have. And it's surprising to see that the candidates that do have a lot of funding uh, and do have these endorsements, I don't see much action from them <laughs> in terms of on the ground and in don't my even neighborhood get me started or even on that signs. Subject. Don't even get me started on that subject. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, well. So, so let me ask you a question. So some, you have some a, candidates an interview. candidates like to ride the wave. So you have an interview on KDEE 97.5. Yeah. yeah. All right. KDE, so that was from a friend. I guess a, a friend um, knows the gentleman who works for the radio company and uh, mm-hmm. who's going to talk to me and interview me. So every oh, family and friends have been really supportive. Um, I just got another connection today, and I hope that this connection works out. And so it's really nice to to for it to come from friends and family, even strangers, uh, people who just see my website and they're they're once they read it and they know that I'm real and 100% for the American people, I feel like you can read my website and know that you can trust me as opposed to reading another candidate's website and, you know, not feeling as much as much trust there. Yeah. Um, but I'm serious about this run. Like I said, I'm, I'm heavily invested because there's no other country to go to. We have to save our country. My son, I have a small son, um, and I couldn't imagine his future, you know, 20, 30 years from now when, um, you know, AI is running. We've allowed AI to get out of control and take all the jobs because that's what they talk about at these World Economic Forums. They encourage millions of jobs are going to be lost with AI if we don't slow this AI thing down. And again, AI, AI is top-down government. That's the government shoving AI down our throats. Um, so I can't imagine my son being a slave to tyrants, you know, 20, 30 years from now and um, just really fighting for him to have the same childhood that I had and to have the same privileges and opportunities that I had growing up in this country. They call it the Great America Experiment for a reason. Um, so That's right. So let's we gotta so, protect so it. go ahead and list the cities, if you can run them off the cities that are within District 6. I know some of them. Yeah. Go ahead and take the time to name all the because you're talking about a, a, a population of voters that that may be that may be between five hundred and eight hundred thousand people. This is not a small district right. that you're in. So go ahead and name the cities. Okay, so it's Alberta, Rio Linda, Antelope, Citrus Heights, North Highlands, McClellan Park, Foothill Farms, Arden Arcade area, La Riviera, Rosemont. Uh, a little piece of Faro, Rancho Cordova, Gold River, Carmichael, and Mather. So it's about 14, 14 cities, um, most in the greater Sacramento area, Sacramento area. And yeah, you should, I have signs everywhere in every one of those cities. And so, yeah. Well, you know the phrase, winner, winner, chicken dinner. <laughs> Or you can do my <laughs> phrase, which is bet on black. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. And you have a great logo. You can't go wrong if you bet on bet on black. Right. Yeah. That's, and you it's, have a yeah, poker chip. Right. It's, 
Yeah. I like that. The Russian, I like that. Russian roulette poker chip. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, I love what, what you're doing. You have some powerful names. And I'm going to see if I can uh, throw you some more uh, names. I know some people at, at different media places. And since you threw out iHeart and KDEE, I'm going to see if, um, if another national uh, organization will, will give you a call and, and, and write up something about you. I'll tell you offline who yeah. that might be. Okay. Well, yeah, again, and if you could just refer them or anybody listening, refer them to my website. Um, because I think, like I said, what I say, I get most feedback from once they have read my website, they're really encouraged. Even some of the vendors that I've worked worked with, with getting, you know, like my banners and my signs, they've gone to my website and they've been really encouraging and been really supportive. And so, um, I know I can win. I know I can beat these people. And so also, if you can um, donate, visit the website. It's blackforcongress2022.com. And, um, you know, just spread the message. We, we got a country to save. Yes. And if you liked what you've heard on the Real People USA podcast, please donate. Uh, and, and unlike uh, other candidates that I know across the country, you're not going to see Carla Black riding around in a in a hundred and fifty thousand dollar, you know, Tesla, you know, with the money. And uh, again, I can talk about that for for a long time. In fact, that's one of the reasons why people like Real People USA because I've been calling out uh, this grifter uh, stuff. But again, Carla or listeners, please subscribe to her website so when Carla wins the primary, you can continue seeing what she's doing for our district, District Six, and she's named all the cities. And again, Carla's website is blackforcongress2022.com. My name is Rick Napier, the president at Real People USA LLC. Carla, have a great evening, and thank you for being a guest again. Thanks, Rick. Always nice speaking with you. Have a great day. Are you too. Bye-bye.